welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. What's going on, man? Friday? Yeah. You and I just Friday. both had uh, our first bubble tea of the day. Yeah, thanks I mean, for... it's maybe my only one, but you're going to have another one later. Yeah, happy... Asian Heritage Month. This is the most Asian Heritage Month thing that's happened to us so far. You messaged me an hour before the show. You're like, don't don't get your Tim Hortons uh, coffee today. I've got a bubble tea for you. Yeah. You went to Cha Time. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you. Of course, man. And as you as I got your message, I was already holding a bubble tea. That's wild. That, no, that's <laughs> wild. Like... That's wild. So, but I appreciate the gift. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab that during the break. Well, just like on Tuesday when you had like. Five bubble teas, I would say, in, in an hour. I think, <laughs> I, I, think I think you could do two, man. I think you could do two. No, I can do two. Do you think a bubble tea is a meal? Because I feel like if you get a large bubble tea with toppings, uh, that's, like, pretty filling is all I'm saying. This yeah. is, like, the no, Asian I, version I of is the hot dog a sandwich. Yeah, like, that's a good one. Is a bubble tea, large bubble tea with tapioca a meal? I mean, it's just not going to hold you for more than two hours, I feel like, because it's really just carbohydrates. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is, like, soup. Uh, do not Derek do says. not compare bubble tea to soup. Asian please. Asian soup. That's not right. Asian dad. That that was not a drop. Um, what would you like to talk about first today? Would you like to talk about Lakers Warriors or would you like to talk about Milwaukee firing Coach Bud? No, let's talk about the the game first. But sure. I do want to talk about both. Um, let's do it because there is a bit of a news item that the Raptors had uh, interviewed with uh, Charles Lee, one yes. of the associate head coaches. Yeah, under not Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. Charles Lee does have a very Asian name. Yeah, I have I to clarify. Here. Not yeah. Asian. Yeah. yeah so. Anyway, so let, well, let's talk about the game last night, too. All right. Warriors exciting. rebound with a 127-100 win in game two. I believe this is the 16th straight game where the home team has won game two mm. after the road team went up 1-0. Yep. So That's one of those stats where I didn't know that was a stat, and now mm-hmm. I've heard it five times in a week. Yeah, we should name these stats. So you know how earlier this week I told you Miami set a record in game two against the Knicks? for most points by undrafted players, yeah, right? That yeah. was, to me, that's a Chris, Chris Quinn stat, mm. right? This one, I, this is a Joe Wolfon stat to me. This, this <laughs> These aren't even stats. This is just trivia. Yeah, yeah, but this is a Joe Wolfon trivia yeah. to me. No, that's fair. So let's name this one after Joe Wolfon. I mean, it's not how many dribble handoffs that, uh, <laughs> oh, that Jared we Vanderbilt talk, runs. We're talking so. DHOs right now? Yeah, that, that's more of a, you know, Joe Wolfon stat to me. Yeah, anyway, so the Warriors... That's stats William special <laughs> right here. Warriors scored 41 in the second. 43 in the third quarter really ran away with the game. You know, I thought the Lakers came out pretty strong, especially LeBron was on oh, his yeah. greatest of all time behavior um, really early. Yeah. And you actually messaged me and said there's going to be a lot of goat noises on the show. But, but really, there wasn't going to be that much because yeah. I think obviously the Warriors definitely took over. Yeah. But, I mean, but early you know. on, though, early on before the Warriors took over, mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. it looked like, you know, you get one of these nights from LeBron. We've talked so much about how he's. How what, is what is that? How That's a goat scream. How he scaled it, you know, his scoring has scaled back, etc. And you thought you were getting one of those games uh-huh. from LeBron and you wanted to take advantage. He finished with 23 points, you know, hit two threes yeah. early on, ended up three of eight from three. Um, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The Warriors made the adjusts. You know, they, they put Jermichael Green in the starting lineup. Yes. Devon Looney wasn't feeling too well, ended up playing 12 minutes and somehow had eight rebounds, which was more than any individual Laker mm. that played. Mm. Um, Jermichael Green had gave them 15 points in 13 minutes, three threes. But come on, 
it wasn't Jermichael Green or Caval Looney. This was this was the big three, man. Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They yeah. they got the win yesterday. Well, I mean, the Lakers definitely uh, ramped up their 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 defense against Steph even more. Um, I, I thought they did a decent job of it in game one. Steph was able to get free. This one, they really limited his touches, blitzed him a ton, and we've seen this pattern with the Warriors over and over again. Like the Warriors know exactly how to you know, solve that. Um, you know, you want to credit a guy like Jared Vanderbilt for playing pretty pesky defense. Typically, you, what you see is uh, opposing teams putting smaller guards on, on Steph. We even saw this in the last series with with Davion Mitchell. Uh, obviously, in the past, it was like a guy like, you know, Matthew Dellavedova, Fred Van Vliet, when the Raptors beat the, 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 uh, the Warriors, that's the defensive assignment. The Lakers are going with a different approach. They're putting a longer, quicker guy on him. Um, and they're really trying to deny him. But I just thought the whole night, Steph was able to uh, take that added pressure and just free up other guys. And it was just really impressive to see it. I mean, um, that's where, you know, you saw obviously clay. He was, just, it, it's funny. Cause I mean, you could say that like Steph was drawing double teams. And so clay was more open, but when you watch some of the shots that clay takes, they're not even open. They're like, he's rushing into those shots. Mm. He's just like heaving them up there. But like some nights he just absolutely makes everything. Last night was one of those. Um, but I thought Draymond was definitely a, a huge recipient of the extra attention to Steph. He was able to get free and, and, you know, roll his way to the rim. I mean, when you watch a Draymond scoring highlight, it's literally just him going all the way to the basket for layups completely uncontested because his man is staying with Steph. Um, and, and yeah, it, it just, you know, the Warriors obviously played well as a team. I don't even think the Jermichael Green thing was like that big of a deal. Um, I, I think over the course of the playoffs so far, and we've seen the Warriors play nine of those games, like, it's been a constant sort of struggle between having two bigs on the floor and sort of dominating the possession game and having more size defensively versus having more space offensively when they only have one big in the middle. That's why Draymond was coming off the bench after his suspension was because, he, you know, he really liked the way that the Warriors were able to respond in game three against uh, Sacramento. Yeah, it, was, it was Draymond's idea, just remember that. Uh, of course it was Draymond's <laughs> but he idea. Didn't want, but he didn't want to take credit for it. Yeah. On the podcast that he records after every game. Yeah, <laughs> every game that doesn't involve him against The suspended. number one podcast in Canada, Draymond Green Show. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll come back for that spot, Draymond. We'll, we'll, we'll see, all right? We had Andy Lou in the banter pod. Those numbers haven't been reflected yet. Um, but, like, that's that that's just the power that Steph has. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, when, when you, when you're able to sort of either create more space for him or, um, when he's able to sort of play, um, as the primary scorer, like it's actually not, there's no real way to like take away his game. Cause mm -hmm. if you are going to deny him the ball, he will get other guys open. And if you play him more one-on-one, -on -one, he will just score 50. So this is the power of Steph. Yeah. This is the power I mean, of Steph. It's like, like really you, impressive, man. You hold him to 12 shots, you know, he ended up finishing with 20 points and, and 12 assists, but you mentioned it's like, you know, you talk about gravity all the time with mm -hmm. Steph and all this stuff, and, like, this is him. This is why everybody's like, he's an offense unto himself, right? Like, yeah, like whatever strategy that you shift, you know, other people are going to benefit from it. I th the, the tricky thing with that, too, is I don't even think the Warriors necessarily know what's going to come, what's going to happen every time they come down the floor. I think Steph, he gives it up, he runs, he sets a random back pick. Like, it's so hard to defend an, an offense that even the offense itself doesn't necessarily know what's happening. Yeah, you got guys out there. The Warriors offense is just guys running around like Pac. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just ends in, in a three. So it, it's... <laughs> or yeah. a Draymond dunk. It's pretty impressive. Did they have 21 threes again last night? Man. Yeah, and, and I Man. think I think with Clay too, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, he's taking a step back in his career. And, like, sometimes you look up his shooting numbers and they don't look so great. 
And, you know, there's times when I'm like, man, like, is this, is this it for Clay? And, like, it just seems like every time they need a big game, uh-huh. like, he's there for them. Like, he hit yep. the eight threes yesterday. And I thought Draymond was just so impressive, man. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. talk about the stomp, you know, talk about the podcast, all the distractions. But, like, this is why Draymond <laughs> is one of the most valuable players in the league uh-huh. on this team. Like, I know he had a near triple-double in the box, but just watching him, the way he just, like, makes the right plays on offense, the way he defended Anthony Davis. It's mm-hmm. just everything yeah. about Draymond, and this is why they put up with everything. No, of course. We all know that. Yeah. Um, under I, all circumstances. If Dylan Brooks is under no circumstances, yeah. the Warriors will put up with Draymond under all circumstances. I, that's And that's fair, because I think Draymond actually might have done worse <laughs> than what Dylan has done. Um, no, but I, I think uh, that was the key to defensively... Um, Draymond giving Anthony Davis some problems. I, I think Anthony Davis should be able to still score against Draymond. I've seen them have really great games against him in the past. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of funny watching uh, AD's like stat lines and what the scoring because his defense is pretty consistent. Even last night, I thought it was it was pretty good. Um, but his his scoring in the playoffs, right? Just points by the game. Mm-hmm. Game one, he had twenty two points. Next game, thirteen. Next game, thirty one. Next game, twelve. Next game, thirty one. Next game, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Next game, thirty. And then last night, eleven. Yeah, you know they got. A, he's really every other night. He's gonna have a great you know they, game. You know they got a, they got a new nickname for him now, right? What AD stands for alternate days. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, so that's the one that they're running with. Now. That's uh, but I'm I, this is a wild pattern to see, man. How do you jump from either thirty or thirteen? Yeah. Well, it's a wild pattern too, because it's not like the the it's not even like mm-hmm. the Warriors like overplayed AD and took it away and made him pass. Like it just he just wasn't that effective. Yeah, I I, I think yeah. this is gonna this is a huge problem right now for them in this series, because uh, you know I think the Lakers are playing pretty good. Even yesterday they got blown out. Like I feel like they have a pretty good oh, defensive they played, team. They played great in the first half. No, like I feel like they have a really good defensive team. But the problem now is like you know you see LeBron was getting going yesterday and you were like okay if they can get games where LeBron and AD are both going mm. because like as good as that supporting cast is and like Shausurui Hachimura happy Asian heritage month with with 21 points yesterday but like they just need those two guys like they can't afford to have AD coming up with these like 11 point performances man not against the Warriors because sure, the sure. Warriors have that gear on offense like you saw yesterday where they can just run away right where mm-hmm. I feel like the Lakers have to like muck up the game a little and really just grind it through. Yeah, like they when also they're didn't down get 15, to the free throw line that much last. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's like when the Warriors are down fifteen, still not that stress. But it's like I don't know if the Lakers, especially with LeBron the way he is right now, can like play uphill that much in this series. I agree. I agree. So um, the margin is, th- but this is this has been the case against the Warriors for like what a decade now, man. Like yeah, of you course. have to play these perfect games to beat them. This is why I don't pick against them. <sighs> No, you know, it's fair. They have a higher higher than anyone else. By yeah. the way, 12 minutes for Tristan Thompson last night? Oh, yeah. That's when I turned it off. <laughs> Whenever yeah. Tristan Thompson was checking in. That's when you I, were joking. You said that that's they, when I locked in. You man. said they need a leak pass alert for when Tristan checks yeah. in. I think it's good. They should turn your TV off automatically no. for you. So, first okay, off, tell me what you saw from Tristan. Oh, God. He was actually <laughs> like probably the Lakers' best player on the floor in, in garbage time. Okay. Obviously, that doesn't really matter. But yeah. it was just like, wow. I, I have not seen Tristan Thompson play basketball Mm. in so long this guy was on espn like two months ago is tristan thompson the first player to go from nba today to playing in the nba tomorrow (laughs) from nba today to nba tomorrow to nba tonight (laughs) imagine if like Stephen a walked off like actually the only time Stephen a could be on espn more is if he actually played the game (laughs) but um but yeah like imagine if that happened like this is historic he's not that old too the thing like no, Tristan's course, like, er, I think he's in his early 30s. 
Like, like we gotta do an age check yeah, on okay, that. Right. I'm gonna say he's 32. All right. Um, no, like it's 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 wild to me. 32. Exactly. Yeah, there. There you go. So his his career arc has wow. been wild. Yeah. And once upon a time, he was such a huge um, you know factor for for the Cavs, right? Like during those during those series when they played the Warriors. Word. Like you needed to you need, you know once they. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to take Tristan Thompson's career seriously. No, he no, wasn't. No, he he, he wasn't was very good. Either. Yeah, I'm mean, not very good, but like a very good role player yeah. for sure. Yeah. But it's just yeah, it's just so funny his career arc this season. I watched him every day, like 3 p.m. Yeah, no. on NBA Today. He was with... talking about LeBron's legacy, and now he's trying to help his legacy. That's, that's what elite, are we man. doing? Um, oh, yeah, this guy God. went from running pick and rolls with Dave McMenamin to running pick and rolls with Max Christie, <laughs> Yo, man. That's insane. It's, who else in history has done that? So respect Yo, Canadian legend, man. I need to see his tax return this year, man. He, he got a T4 or whatever it is in the U.S. from ESPN. He got one from the Lakers. Well, didn't they, they signed him on the last day of the season too, so it's not that big of a check. Oh, they, that, it's conceivable. They, but call that the, they call that the Dante Jones. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So that's a, the 2016 Cavs. Um, but like, do you, do you think he's been paid more from ESPN than from the Lakers? No, I think he's making pretty good money on the Lakers, even on like a prorated. Yeah. NBA players get paid wild, man. Uh, all right. Did you see LeBron and Rui's little handshake routine before the game? Yes, I did. Yeah. With the, you want to reenact? Do we call it an Asian bow? Or? You want to reenact those? Oh, I, I don't really know. Do they just? Oh, that's, that's it? it. That's okay. it. That's it. That's really it. Also, it was noted. Straight to the point. It was noted that Malik Beasley messed up his handshake with LeBron. So yeah, I, I would look for him to be on another team. Well, this there, there was a clip um, going around yesterday where. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically that's basically the handshake. Let's be honest. Okay, uh, he probably says that to Rui Hachimura. Rui's like, I'm Japanese. Oh um, God. But anyway, let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, Asian Heritage Month. Mm. Uh, but pregame, LeBron was coming out for the warm-ups. Is this is the Quinn Cook story. Quinn Cook was out there. Yeah. And LeBron saw him courtside. He's like, what up, chef? And he's like, oh. And then he went over and did, did the handshake routine yep. was, was, uh, was Quinn Cook. Yeah. Who got Quinn Cook by Fred Van Lee in the uh, 20, <sighs> 2019 finals. Well, I love all those characters that I see. Anyway, um, mm. that brought up the discussion. How does LeBron know like 400 handshakes? With I people? know. There was a clip that was circulating too that he like came, went back to Miami earlier this year and did a handshake with the security guy. Like he's got handshakes yeah. with, with like personnel in the arena. Yeah. This is like if we see Zoe. And, like, we have, like, an elaborate handshake. Technically, we do have a handshake yeah. with the head security guy. What, what are you more impressed by, though? Like, LeBron's memory when it comes to the handshakes? Or we've seen him at press conferences just recall every single play from the game that he just played. I think the handshakes, because um, for yeah. me, I, I've, I've done that on the rack pod. And I didn't <laughs> get the same credit, so. <laughs> it uh, just, uh, yeah. All these handshakes just seems like you have to, like, you know, that's a lot of memory space. Yeah. In, in your brain. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you tell me you're ser- you're, of, you're reserving what, brain cells for Quinn Cook. What, what kind of clutch? What kind of clutch segment is this? No, are LeBron James's handshakes it, impressive? No, it genuinely is impressive, man. You and I don't even have a handshake. No. Yeah. Yeah. Should we have? No. No. We should just do the Ray Hachimart one. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Anyways, one one now. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing too, and I know. We need a name for this stat, too. I think I'm going to call this the Windhorse stat. Okay. You know that the Warriors have won a road game in 29 consecutive playoff series. Yes. So if that holds true, the Lakers are going to have to get another one in Golden State, which I think that's going to be tough for them, man, to get a, have to get a game five, obviously a game seven. All I'm saying is it's looking good for the Warriors again. I mean, Every time they're in a hole, they climb out. No, but yes and no, right? Because it was the same thing with, with the, the Celtics. They lost game one at home, and then yeah. they came out and did destroyed – um, the yeah. Sixers, and it was the same kind of deal. Third quarter, they blew the doors off, hit a whole bunch of threes, and then mm-hmm. the team kind of folded. 
I just think it's hard to get the Warriors as the series goes on. I, I suppose, but it's at the hard, same time, I, I don't know, man. I still think the, the Lakers have some, like, real physical advantages. I think mm-hmm. AD, when he has the next good game, um, is going to probably win the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. Uh, Sometimes it is that simple, though. No, because I, I, even in the game yesterday, I was, I'm still impressed with the Lakers every time I see them. Like, just, mm-hmm. just the fact that they got Rui Hachimura for, like, three second-round picks and, and Kendrick none is 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 kind of ridiculous like Rui could really play like mostly he's gonna shoot the ball and mostly he's mm-hmm. not gonna pass that much but defensively he's like average i would say sure and then like yeah who doesn't want to knock down guy in the playoffs you know what i mean like so but like uh, they got him again they got him for kendrick nunn we saw kendrick nunn with the wizards man that was not that was not good i've seen kendrick nunn with the heat with every team yeah it's the same right. um i think i mean if you ask wizards fans i guess that would be joe house um like, they didn't see this in Washington, though. Like, you know, th- to this, like, sure. consistency. Sure. No, yeah, for in sure. In terms and, of, and like, I, the knockdown threes and all this stuff. Yeah, well, he, he's been excellent, though. No, he's been great. Yeah, had he's a great dunk great. driving baseline, too. Yeah. All right, is that it for Lakers-Warriors? Shall we move on? Oh, we, we've covered handshakes, so I think we've, we've gotten everything we can out yeah. of this. So the other big news yesterday was the Milwaukee Bucks announcing that they fired Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. After five seasons with the team, they lost in the first round as the number one seed in five games to Miami. And in his five seasons, Coach Bud had a 693 winning percentage in the regular season. They had the most regular season wins during that stretch. And they also had the most um, playoff wins during that span um, in those five years. And yeah, now the job uh, is open. I don't think this was—I don't think this was a huge surprise, considering no, how they collapsed in the first round. Yeah, um, you know, I, obviously on this show we've we've talked about Bud plenty, um, and I think that uh, look, the, it's it's kind of undeniable that that Bud has been able to set up really good regular season teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's not forget that they replaced Jason Kidd with Mike Budenholzer, and they were able to get to the next level with him. That's true. They were able to get to the next level with them, um, but they still weren't able to beat the Toronto Raptors in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> we that right now, man. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, like I, I think that he definitely sets up his teams to play fairly optimally in the regular season. I think he he's mm-hmm. been able to uh, just similar to Atlanta and also um, again in Milwaukee. Like you know, the the his fastball was just so good. Like in in this case with Milwaukee, it was a lot of drop coverage. Right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna shoot a ton of threes. We're gonna really play quickly and fast, and like all those things are like the right things to do if you're gonna win a lot of games in those series. I think what comes what happens in the playoffs is like you know even within series or you know or definitely between series, as in like you're facing a different team each time and you, you you win in the playoffs. Like there aren't the level of adjustments that you want to see, especially if you're gonna be able to be proactive or even reactive within a game. You just haven't been able to see that from Bud. Um, and of course that's been a pattern that's held true in Atlanta. That's why he lost so many in a row in some of those series. I'm not saying I, I ever expected him to beat LeBron, but like to get swept by LeBron every single time was tough. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, you're talking Toronto. Oh, you're talking Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean like when he went to Milwaukee, it was the same kind of deal, right? Obviously in 2019 when he, you know, first took over, you know, Toronto went down 0-2 and they won four straight. I consider that a sweep. Yes. If you can't respond after f- like three straight losses, you can't get something different out there. Yeah. Like that, I think that's where the shortcomings clearly are. I think he's going to get a job. I think he's his his winning record speaks for itself, both in Milwaukee and in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it'll be with a team that has championship aspirations. And also think that for Milwaukee, like yeah, they're clearly in a dire c- scenario where 
you know, this is one of those choices you make after consulting some of your main players. And, you know, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis was was like, look, I'm not saying you should fire Bud, but at the same time, like, if you feel like we need to make an upgrade, go ahead. You know, and so I think um, their next decision is going to be very interesting. I know a lot of people have already pointed at Nick Nurse. I mean... Do you think Nick makes sense there? If Nick gets Giannis before Masai gets Giannis, that'd be hilarious. But <sighs> but honestly, I, 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 I'm more curious about, like, not necessarily who coaches the Bucks, but what they do with their roster, right? Because mm-hmm. it was already fairly old this season. We saw it catch up to them fairly quickly. And with a lot of those guys, like, entering free agency, key players like, like Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez, and, you know, like, you have to make decisions on these guys and on this core – and what's dangerous about a team like this is that you don't actually have that many young players that you can, you know, move off of to bring in more win-now pieces, nor do you have extra picks, really, because you've already used that in the Drew Holiday deal um, to, to bring in, you know, help at that time. So how do you actually improve the roster? Because if you don't do that, then you get back in a scenario where we're wondering all about Giannis again. So this is a team, you know, obviously the head coaching part is going to be very important, but more than that is I want to know how they can move the roster around because right now they look kind of boxed in with the group that they got. They can keep it. That's a, that's a good team. That's a really good team. Maybe if they don't run into Jimmy Butler again, maybe they can make it out the first round and second round. And, you know, if you told me that this group is able to win another championship, I wouldn't be too surprised. But at the same time, like, they also need to find ways to sort of replenish the roster because this is one of the oldest teams in the league already. Yeah, and I think this just illustrates how quickly things change in the NBA. You know, a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago, they're going into the playoffs as a championship favorite, and you would assume, you know, even if they didn't make, even if they didn't win the championship, they get to the conference finals, get to a finals, and you just kind of keep this thing rolling. Sure. And now they're without a coach. And I look at it as kind of similar in a way to the Toronto situation in that, like, you know, this was a collective failure, right? Like, mm-hmm. this season for the Raptors was a collective failure from the players, front office. But the easiest move, the first move, is is usually the head coach, right? Yep. And similar here, too, because it's like, yes, like, we pointed out all the mistakes that Bud made, especially in that game five, um, you know, not calling the timeouts, um, not putting his team in a position. And mm-hmm. you, you, like, illustrated, like, you know, his playoff track record has not had... Not double-teaming Jimmy Butler. Yeah, has had yeah. those flaws, right? Yep. But at the same time, it was like, oh, Giannis was playing, like, hot potato with the ball. Like, you know, he struggled in that game, missed the free throws, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, they got beat. They got beat, right? Like, no, Jimmy, for, for sure, for sure. Jimmy overwhelmed them, but you're right, though. Like, this summer is actually huge for them because, um, like, Giannis can sign an extension um, in September. Mm-hmm. They can offer him a two-year extension, and if not, he can become a free agent after the 2024-25 season which means he's two years out from being able to, to go to free agency as a 30-year-old. Uh, Brooke Lopez is an unrestricted free agent. Chris Middleton, who's like kind of taking a step back with all the injuries and all that stuff, mm-hmm. he's got a $40 million player option that he can opt into for next season. If not, then, you know, he could ask for a five-year max at 270. If I were him, I would probably look to try to get more long-term money, especially now sure. that he's coming off of injuries. Yeah, and Drew Holiday, the other big player, has said that he plans on retiring when his current contract ends in two seasons. Yeah, yeah, he so. just kind of said that on the uh, on on, on yeah. point forward with right. uh, Evan Turner and, and he'll Andre be in his mid thirties by then. I want to say in a couple of years. Yeah, he said he talked so, to his wife about it, and he's like, "Look, yeah. listen, like, there's how much more do you really want to do this?" Right. So I even mean, if you bring back Brooke, you know, you bring back Chris Middleton. You know, you have Drew Holiday, you have Giannis, like, you're right. Like, the mm-hmm. clock is ticking again on this team, right? Yep. It's, it's a two-year window here. It's a two-year window. Obviously, if, if Giannis signs an extension, then a lot of the noise goes away. Mm. Then you have a bit of a runway, probably, 
to, to, to build a team out. But like you mentioned, like the options of building that team out, there's not a lot right now. Yeah, and this is where it's, it's dicey for a head coach, right? Because you commit to this project, but if they mm-hmm. change the roster in one year, maybe in two years, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you are suddenly back in flux again. Yep. And yes, you have the opportunity to coach Giannis, and, and I'm sure like most coaches would take that chance and just say, for, well, we'll figure out the rest. But yeah, it, it is a little more dicey. Um, I could see though, like if you bring in Nick, like, you know, he would probably make some changes defensively. I think that is already a really good defensive team, but they have such good defensive personnel that I think with Nick's creativity, mm-hmm. um, they can get into a, another level. Like, you know who's not going to be playing Jimmy Butler in single coverage? Mm. Nicholas Nurse, okay? Mm. He's going to be trapping Jimmy at half court. So <laughs> you, you know who's you know who's going to no longer uh, be averaging around 30 minutes a game? All yeah. of the Bucks starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Um <laughs> Brooke Lopez, get, get, get ready to learn cardio, buddy. <laughs> Brooke Lopez, you better you better get on that Peloton, all right? Yeah. No, but seriously, like I, I think, yes, that I, I see the fit there, but mm-hmm. also at the same time for Nick, it's like if you don't win next year, this yeah, whole roster I, might be completely different. No, the front I totally office get that. Might be completely different. Yeah, ownership's changing. Ownership's too, changing. Yeah. So it's not like the most secure job. Like, but you, you also, get, I mean, the, and the, you might be in a scenario where you now are having to deal with a rebuild. Yeah, but the carrot so. that gets dangled is you get to Kojonis. Like right now, okay. You know what I mean. Like that's a that's very appealing, right? You're getting Giannis, sure, sure, for in sure. his prime right now, right? You can't guarantee yourself maybe more than one year, two years with that. Mm. But I don't know if you look at it as a situation just like right now, even with all the roster questions, like that's a pretty attractive job. I feel like, yeah. But I do think you're right though. Like Nick's got a Nick or anyone has to. Well, there's has not to think actually that things. many openings available right now. I mean, it's it's yeah. Toronto and Detroit, and Detroit's just had their opening since the, the season ended. <laughs> <laughs> the minute the season ended, Detroit's left Dwayne the door Casey's open like, at the I'm practice gone. facility. They're like, anyone's welcome to come in. And they're interview. like, they're like, we're hoping to get Kevin Ollie. I'm like, just get him, man. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to pull an Ollie. <laughs> what's, what's he busy with, man? It's He's Ollie. over, man. He's doing an Ollie. Um, um, by the way, so um, hmm. Mark, Mark Stein also put out uh, yes. yesterday that uh, Bucks assistant coach uh, Charles Lee had interviewed yeah. with the Toronto Raptors for the head coaching position. Obviously, as, as we've covered and other people have covered as well, it's it's a pretty extensive list. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is fairly uh, notable. Again, this is one of those things where if you want to get to know more of his process or even get to know sort of his vibe and sort of how he comes across, um, you can go online and, and look up some interviews with Charles Lee. If you just search up Charles Lee Milwaukee Bucks, there's a really good interview for like 12 minutes where he sits down and watches film mm. with uh, one of the um, you know Bucks media people. And you really get a sense of a vibe of sort of like what he's like. And, and to me... On the surface, just based on that, and, and hard, it's hard to judge based on more than that when it comes to an assistant coach, unless you really know them personally. Um, but, you know, it, it was cool, man. He's He's got an interesting story. He used to be working on Wall Street, and mm. he was like, he, he was describing, he's like, oh, I was picking up Starbucks for a whole bunch of people one day, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then he just left. And then he, like, obviously um, found his way into basketball, got onto Mike Budenholzer's staff, was there in uh, Atlanta as well, and then took him over to... Milwaukee and and you know it, it's he seems like a really bright guy he's pretty well spoken pretty good vibes um again just watching from a 12 minute video and you know this past year he, he worked a lot with the guards uh, Grayson Allen Chris Middleton Marjan Beauchamp mm. and uh you know it was, it's interesting even just hearing his perspective in terms of how he helps develop these guys so um I'm sure I don't know of the 20 some odd candidates the Raptors have like they're all going to have some similar stories Mm-hmm. in terms of their ability to develop players or their ability working with NBA players in the past. But um, 
No, I, I thought Charles was cool, and I think he's he's also a candidate. I think for the Detroit job as well. So yeah, he's uh, you he's a figure, finalist. He, he's got to be in consideration for the Milwaukee job too, because you know there is a real chance that you let Bud go, but you still keep the status quo more or less. Especially if you're going to keep the roster more or less the same. Yeah, and I think that's another thing where you kind of consult Giannis. You know, talk mm. to the guys about it. It's interesting too, like you know when the Raptors' job became open after Nick Nurse got let go. You know, we immediately got a full menu of assistant coaches who were lined up, to, to, yes. who were listed. Whereas I, I was trying to look for this today, too. Like, there hasn't been any speculation, mm-hmm. like any names tied to right. the Milwaukee job. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting how that part works, right? Because uh, when Nick was let go in Toronto that Friday, right before Messiah stepped to the podium, mm. you immediately saw Woj tweet out that Ime Udoka is a strong candidate to be considered. Now, obviously, Ime didn't ultimately choose to stay here, he, he ultimately took the Houston job, um, but, like, you just didn't see any of that, right? We saw Mike Boonehoser's fired. You didn't see the subsequent tweet of, like, this guy is in contention. Like, no one even linked Nick Nurse. It's just Raptors fans being like, well, you know, oh, my God, Nick's going to land Giannis before we do. Yeah, it, but it does make sense beyond that if you just think about it. If you're Nick, do you take the job if you were offered the job? Um... Uh... It is a tough call. Probably, yeah. But probably. based on everything you laid out, it is a tough call. I want to see, I want to hear, like, what their plan is for the roster, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that Nick is in a good enough spot where he can dictate sort of where he wants to go. Um, but at the same time, like, I would definitely want to speak to John Horst about the direction of the team. Oh, nice maybe, pull, nice maybe pull. Maybe talk to the you new know ownership. Your <laughs> yeah, I know Ball, man. He looked like he looked like Sean Woodley. And, uh, you know, and, and it, it's just... You need to know the future there first because mm-hmm. that could be very much be a one-year thing. But I mean, sure. if you're coming from Nick's background of like having coached in short-term positions in the past, mm. um, I th- I think you know he has the track record to sort of you know take advantage. It's also like he, he just has a lot of confidence. Let's just be honest, man. He, oh, of course, he, 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 he's a bit of an arrogant gun guy. So if if, if I were him, you know, he he would probably look at. He's like, i like, if you give me a one-year window, I've literally done that before here in Toronto. Yeah, with a player, exactly. Like I can do it. Yeah. And I also beat you guys that year, so just hire me. <laughs> that's yo, that's a pretty good job interview. I, I'll shake your hand before you walk out the door, man. <laughs> yo, this wild. guy, this guy pitching his, himself better than Don Draper in the carousel. Yo, that's wild. Man. Wow. Please watch Succession. Um, no. The other, the other quick Bucks related thing was, you know, yesterday we were marveling over Justin Champagny wearing the number ninety nine. Yeah, we forgot about Boss Man ninety nine. Apologies to Jay Crowder. How could we forget Boss yeah. Man ninety nine? It's unforgettable. Yeah. It's it literally in his handle. Yeah, so we messed that up. Yeah. Um and, and you know, someone did send this in on basketball reference. The other players who have worn number ninety nine and you got this one too, was Taco Fall. Yes. He was yes. there. I remember that just because of the bubble. Yeah. You remember Kyle throwing the ball over him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Darko Milicic. That one I was completely on forgot. Boston. I, I didn't even know he was with the Celtics at some point. That's, that's... In 2013. Yeah. No championship. No championship. Yeah. yeah. Those are some of the dark years for the Roy Celtics. Roy Rogers, also on the Celtics in 98. Got that's you. before your time. My favorite cellular brand. George Glamack. Glamack. From 1949. I got no joke. So excuse me. Uh, Ariel Mon, I, I sorry, man, and George Mikan. We forgot Mikan. We forgot George Mikan. How could you forget George Mikan? His nickname was uh, Mr. Basketball. He <laughs> B-ball George. He was the original <laughs> B-ball Paul. Listen, we Mikan's a legend. Mikan's a legend um, by all accounts. Yeah, but uh, his nicknames were Mr. Basketball, uh-huh. Mikan the Magnificent, the Monster. That's Wesley Chen, by the way. <laughs> 
excuse me. And uh, Big Mike. Wow, nicknames have been terrible since 1950s. <laughs> That's wild, man. Big Mike. Is that even worthwhile to put up there? Man? Big Mike. Of course he's Big Mike, man. He's Mr. seven feet tall and he's Mike. <laughs> Mr. Basketball is pretty sick, though. You got to give him that. Yeah, Mr. Basketball is all right. That's a good one. Somehow, somehow B-Ball Paul doesn't hit the same. It really What if doesn't. we said Mr. B-Ball Paul? You know why it doesn't hit the same? Because he's a backup. Like, you know, I guess. you know what I mean? Like, I guess, I guess when you think about the sport of basketball, the first player that comes to mind isn't B-Ball Paul. Yeah. So he can't be Mr. Basketball. Anyways, right. Nick Nurse may be to Milwaukee. Yeah. I heard people say Bud to Toronto. Definitely not. Wow, I, I just, fun. I don't know. I, I think the Raptors should look in a, another direction. Not to say that Bud isn't a really good coach, but I, I do think that, um, yeah, I think that going the assistant route, really investing in development, um, something, some, uh, someone here who can do it in a long term. Mm-hmm. View, I think that would really help. Um, but I do think Bud will land on his feet somewhere, though. Oh, for sure, man. Like, yeah. his, like, listen, he's getting criticized for all this stuff fairly, but this Yo, stuff happens. His winning percentage with the Bucks was 68%. This, this criticism comes out at the highest 69. level. 69, wow. There's a lot of coaches that don't even get to his level to be able to, to be criticized of course, in these yeah. playoff environments, right? Like, and he comes from the Greg Popovich coaching tree. That's right. You know, he's got, he in he's San got Antonio. two Coach of the Year awards. Yeah. Like, why, like, why are we Bud's agent right now? This is I tough, know. We've uh, done we've done propaganda for how great LeBron's handshakes are, uh, which I'm already feeling so much secondhand embarrassment, firsthand embarrassment. Yeah. And now we're like, yo, Coach Bud, best coach on the market right now. I mean, shouts to Bud, man. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take that Let's break. Take a break. I'll take a break. It's, it's it's well overdue. I've been your host, Will Lou. That's Alex. When you're listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Blue. I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. During the break, we were just watching AI's acceptance speech for uh, the MVP trophy. I got to say, David Stern had a real way mm. where he was able to just, like, really hype up the moment. Like, he had a bit of, like, a Vince McMahon quality to him. Mm. You know, where the commissioner steps in, but, like, steps into the character. Oh, Whereas Adam how do you Silver, know so much about Vince McMahon? I've seen a lot of clips of that man on YouTube. Who do you think you know <laughs> and more? I've never really watched that much wrestling in the Yo, first place. Who do you think you know more, uh, Vince McMahon or Tim McMahon? Who Def- do definitely, definitely Tim McMahon. Definitely man. what? Definitely Tim McMahon. This guy said, howdy, partners. Yeah, was, no, seriously, that's my favorite ESPN guy. Um, and then, but no, seriously, I just think that when Adam Silver does his, like, you know, presentations yeah. and stuff like that. He's just not memorable. I don't know. He, yeah. It's it's like he's just exists in a plane. Like he's so alien, like to the rest of the, the things I that are happening. I think he's got a little like social awkwardness type vibe. Too. Yeah. Whereas David Stern just walked in. He owns like, oh, the that's, room. That's the boss. Yeah. He owns yeah. the room. So yeah. shouts to David Stern, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. RIP to Dave. <laughs> you knew him? <laughs> All right, man. It's on you, man. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, before we get to the second half of the program, I just wanted to pass along the program, you know, once again, that uh, our run on YouTube this season has uh, officially ended after today. So, um, but we will continue to be live on air on Fan 590, airing on Sportsnet 360, and air, streaming live on uh, Sportsnet Now. And, of course, you can... 
Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please download them. Keep us ahead of Draymond Green. I just looked it up today. We have three of the top five episodes. No, three of the top four episodes in basketball in Canada today. <laughs> we're digging deep now. But we're still <laughs> behind Draypod. What kind of Joe Wolfos thoughts oh, are these, Oh, my goodness. Man. Yeah, Banterpod was like number two, but uh, yeah, we're still behind You can look up by episodes? Oh, that's man, right. Don't, I'll, t- I'll, don't I'll say this you. on air, man. My dad's going to ask you for the URL. No, you can, get, you can get daily report card on the podcast if you really oh, wanted man. to. But no, yeah, show, unfortunately, show us to the YouTubers. Show us Dray- all the YouTubers. Do we have to root against the Warriors Literally. or something? Is that show, what we have show, to do? You know, the, you know the problem is, and I know no one wants to hear this, podcast analytics. The problem uh, is they're playing the Lakers too. And, and like people yeah, want to hear that. It's not right. just Warriors fans. You're right. It's Lakers fans. You know, it's my cousin in Hong Kong. You know, it's your mm. cousin in China. Yeah. Like they're all into this. Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Draymond. You could, they could tap into a whole new market, man. <laughs> they are tapping a whole new market. That's fair. Um, yeah, look, we're, we're three of the top four right now, man. All right, all right. All right. Oh, shout out to No Dunks, number one. Nice. We, you know who you are right now? You, Clay Thompson, flashing like the four rings. <laughs> the Draymond? <laughs> I'm like, yo, that's oh. enough. That's enough. All right, fine. Shout out to our colleague, Lance Kennedy. Yo, shout out to Lance. Who yep. is celebrating his 20... This is 20 years with the station today. That's amazing, man. And I don't know if you remember. So, like, you know, obviously, shout out to... We got Derek Brandeo helping us. Where's Derek Brandeo? <laughs> we got Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick in the back, always helping us. But, like, we run into Lance before the start of every show. Because oh, yeah, he's yeah. producing of course. Jeff Merrick and other things in the morning. So, like... We have our little chat. Well, I do. Like you, you barely acknowledge Lance. Uh, I, I just, I just struggle in social scenarios. <laughs> I don't but, know what to say. But I don't know. This if is you, a weird job for me to do. I don't know if you remember. Like Lance actually was behind the boards to help us record our first ever demo show in the. I studio. do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember him looking at us like, "Who are these guys?" That's fine. A lot, a lot of people looked at us that way. Still the and, same. But now we're number two behind Draypod. So <laughs> Stop, man! You really clay Thompson. <laughs> the, the numbers Yo, don't what lie. What kind of clay Thompson behavior? this is it this guy said we number two man this guy's the deuce um anyways really enjoy chatting with lance about the seattle kraken Mm. and chung chung hot dogs those are the only two things (laughs) do we have a number three i have not heard anything else that you guys have discussed but um no listen man it's it's super cool how do you know stuff about the kraken are you you a a kraken fan yeah man i love the kraken i love the vegas knights name two players off the kraken right now anyways i want to give a quick shout out to Uh, professor joseph wong at the university of toronto um his uh joe's basketball diary series Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. he you know gathered a lot of people from around the city to talk about different topics about basketball in terms from a community perspective a racial perspective gender all this stuff really cool conversations um they actually got honored with a couple of awards got the ovation award from the international association of business communicators wow and they won the international gold quill award of excellence so um, shout out to all the people working there behind the scenes too. Anna, Lisa, mm. they're the brains and creative visionaries I, of I the series. deeply regret not being available last summer. Don't worry, there's a season two. Um, yeah. There's a season it two. Was, it, was, it was not me avoiding this, I promise. Yeah. I was just in Montreal every other week. No, you really were. All the weeks that uh, they were, were shooting, I was I was in Montreal. No, you really or, were. Or in like... But yeah, people people into basketball want to hear about like conversations, especially like Toronto-based conversations. Like look sure. up Joe's Basketball Diaries. It's got like millions and millions of views. So it's probably wow. uh, charting higher than you. Um, okay. So shouts to him. Not, not, <laughs> it could just be about the love I'm of the game. I'm trying to turn you look, into Clay You know Thompson. how hard it is to talk about the Raptors three weeks after the season's done and everyone we hates the whole team? We haven't talked about the Raptors. <laughs> like, it's a miracle that we're up here. Um, okay. Don't worry. We're beating the odds. Kipper and Bourne coming soon. Um, So, you know... On this podcast, on this show, we talk a lot about, you know, you riding in my 2001 Honda Civic. Do we talk a lot about this? Uh, like, it was featured on the banter pod this week. Okay, gotcha, uh, Again, gotcha. 
So I actually came across another Honda Civic story this week related to Jeff Van Gundy. Oh. So right. he was driving a 1995 Honda Civic back in 2000 when he was a coach of the Knicks. That's acceptable. And <laughs> is it acceptable? Yeah. Okay. What? What? You can't drive a car people five on years NBA after? Reddit, people on NBA Reddit were looking up like the MSRP, like the real retail price. And they're like, why is Jeff Van Gundy driving a car that could be worth $17,000 only? That's probably what he was. What, what's wrong with a man driving a car five I never years said out, of anything. Model, out of date? Like, I, no, I'm in full. I, I drive a 2001 Civic in 2023. You're right. You're right. So I support okay, you on okay. this. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with Don't shame a man yeah, for doing this. So he had parked his car like at like where he had at the airport. Like I guess they have like a private, obviously private area. So then like they were coming home from Miami mm-hmm. after a playoff game. And then when the chartered plane landed, there was like a jet blast from the plane that blew his car <laughs> into the air. What? And the other oh, three cars that okay. were parked there yeah. um, was Allen Houston with a 97 Mercedes. Yeah. Former Raptors head coach and assistant at the time, Brendan Malone, mm-hmm. had a 99 Lincoln. Yeah. And then the team's media relations director. So imagine if, like, Jennifer Quinn's car was there. Yeah. All four cars were on the tarmac, but then when the jet blast on the plane, it blew Van Gundy's car into the air, and his car smashed the other three cars. Mm. But thankfully, nobody was injured. So, so who who fussed the bill for that? <laughs> I don't know. James Dolan. What? what, what? He said you yo, better imagine, learn facial recognition. Imagine you're you're filing the State Farm insurance claim on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Holy! You're gonna have to see Chris Paul and Cliff Paul on oh, that no, one. Man. No, man. That's that's an amazing story. Yeah. So, but you're telling me though, Jeff Van Gundy was driving a worse car than his assistant, though. Yeah. Interesting. He was Interesting. he was a frugal Maybe, I'm starting, man. I'm starting to judge a little. Anyways, bit, if you wanna if you wanna listen to the full story, I was, I was actually trying to pull a clip, but like Jeff Van Gundy took like 11 minutes telling this story. Yeah. Um, uh, check out the Dan Lebetard show. He was on. He was on it earlier this week, and he told this uh, this story. By the way, this is the only way to destroy a 1995 Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that thing would still be functioning. That thing would be running. That thing would be hitting 120, no problem on the highway. Like it's, yeah, yeah. So the, the Honda Civic is like the best car ever built, man. It's Yo, indestructible, you know except ho- for jet planes. Apparently, the Honda Civic is Udonis Haslam. Man. No, I'm telling you, man. It'll last you 20 years. You think Jeff Van Gundy got a, a Bluetooth player installed in there? I guess Bluetooth wasn't around. <laughs> I want to know then, his man. three CDs in there. Right? Yeah, he got, he got Frank Sinatra. You know what? He got the same playlist. Got listening as- to my way, driving <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> he got the same playlist as Lee Van Osmond from Karaoke. <laughs> That's Jeff Van Gundy, man. Jeff Van Gundy bumping Jordan Sparks right now somewhere. Oh, man. In a 2010 Kia Soul. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, quick uh, make or miss Friday. Shouts to Cash and Wolf on from uh, Pound the Rock. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have time for this? All right. Let's go. Of course, man. Monty McNair was named exec of the year mm. um, earlier this week. Yeah. And me and you were both unfamiliar with what Monty McNair looked like, first of all. Yeah. So yeah. That was... Just uh, look it up. That, that, you know what? Just Look up guess, Monty McNair. Have your guess, expectations. Expectations versus reality. Yeah. Um, so we know that executive of the year voting is uh, based by other execs. Yes. You know? It's the only award that's voted on by yeah. the other people instead of the media, yeah, like make, the actual yeah. people who do the job. Make or miss execs voting for exec of the year. I actually love it because it really what? does show you some pettiness that takes place. That's what I hate about like, it. Like the year that, okay, again, I'm never going for, to forgive this, but the year that Masai hired yeah. Nick Nurse and yeah. acquired Kawhi Leonard. And Bobby acquired Kawhi Leonard. Okay, Bobby acquired Kawhi Leonard mm. and Marcus Saul in the same year, and Jeremy Lin on the buyout market. All right, mm. uh, but Kawhi and Jody Nick Meeks and Jody Meeks and Marcus Saul, mm. and they gave up what they Eric gave up Marlin. to pay for it, and they won a championship. Afterwards, they were like, 
John Horst <laughs> trading four for second round picks to get Nikola Meritich, who went straight to Barcelona afterwards. Like his name was Pedri or something. Like that's oh, that's what that that's who is gonna win executive year. I yeah. love the I love the pettiness of these awards. So yes, I actually do enjoy seeing it. I think it's terrible. I think like you gave the perfect example of why it shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Like it doesn't reflect if you're letting execs have their feelings hurt and mm-hmm. like, you know, be petty about it. Mm-hmm. Like in 30 years, you know, when, when Will Lou Jr. looks at exec of the year, I'm not naming voting. My child after myself, <laughs> man. No, man. When, when, you know, John's daughter, my friend John's daughter, Everly, looks yeah. at the exec of the year, yeah. he's going to see John Horse in 2019. No one looks up executive of the year, man. I do. And then he's going and, right. to, and then, and then he or she is, is going to be like, what? And then going to look it up and be like, but the Bucks got swept. In the conference finals, yeah, four two, yeah. Like what happened? Nah, getting swept four two is so funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Again, don't hire bud. That's I mean, Asian we, we math. Can look, we can look elsewhere. That's Asian math. Anyway. Um, Nick Wright um, said that Draymond doing a podcast is detrimental to the Warriors during the playoffs. Make or miss, Draymond's pod is bad for the Warriors. It's bad for us because now we're number two. <laughs> we're in not doing this again. Oh, I forget it, man. But no, I, no, I don't think so, man. I, I think it's very clear what the media agenda is on this one. People, the media, that's what I do. I talk. That's what that's what Draymond does. He talks. He pods. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, he talks. He pods. He stomps. A, clearly, he just like media want to be able to like own sure own the space. The space. Yeah. So whenever I hear this, I'm just like, this sounds like hating. Like, it really does sound like hating. I think there's like okay. a local example here in Toronto uh, where someone was hating on Chris Boucher for doing a podcast as well. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, but why? Like, what's wrong with this? I actually kind of enjoy mm. the insight. I think it adds more storytelling to it. I also think that you could very much acknowledge that the players are only going to speak from a very positive perspective and, and hide certain things. Sure. But that's the same thing as the media to some degree as well. So um, I think just the more pods, the better. It's unfortunate that we're okay. number two now, but I'm, I'm, I'm with Draymond <laughs> you, you, on this We one. need to move off this number I, I, two thing. I'm taking it very personally. You're really one. Clay Thompson right now. Mm-hmm. My thing with Dre is I want him to bring a guest on every time. Let's bring a teammate on every time. Yesterday, I would have loved uh, a green, green pod, you know, uh, Michael and Draymond. Man, they were working that green, green pick and roll yesterday. <laughs> like I, was, December. I had flashbacks to post-Christmas. Man. That was the only time you weren't in studio. Like you mentioned during the break, you have been here every single week. Yeah. Every single show. Every single You're day. You're Mikhail Bridges, man. And meanwhile, I'm number two. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, next up, somehow Dylan Brooks has made it into the rundown again. Oh. Um, well, I NBA, mean, you choose the rundown, NBA, so. Oh, oh, my God. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Um NBA insiders yep. uh, mentioned Miami as a destination for Dylan Brooks. He is currently the betting favorite on certain sites um, for uh, uh, to, to that. Like Miami is the betting favorite. I don't know why I stand right there. I was just thinking, who is betting on Dylan Brooks' destination? Uh, make or miss, Eric Spolstra will turn Dylan Brooks into Kawhi Leonard. I, I didn't know the Chinese basketball association had a team in Miami. <laughs> oh my God! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't know Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. Yo, classic um, final. YouTube no, show. suppose not going to turn into Kawhi, but I, I do think that um, you know Dylan Brooks plays hard. He, he works hard. He's probably going to be a player that like I think a, a, a decent number of teams will actually be interested in free agency. I don't know why Miami in particular, yeah. but do they even have cap room? I don't know. Is he also? He's not undrafted. He's not going to Miami. Never mind. Okay. Miami only signs undrafted guys and Jimmy Butler. That's okay. it. Uh, one more before we get to between the lines. Um, so Joel Embiid won MVP earlier this week. Okay. And teammate James Harden gifted him a, a Rolex um, for, okay. for the occasion. Make or miss uh, one rich NBA player gifting another rich NBA player a Rolex. 
This is like me buying you a bubble tea. Like <laughs> in terms of economies of scale, I think it's actually fairly similar to me buying you a ten. So do you think that's tea. a cool gesture? Because it's like Joel could have just bought a Rolex himself too. Oh, it's, it's a cool gesture. It, it definitely You're is cool a cool gesture. It, I also always wonder, like, did Rolex have like a sponsorship like involvement in this in some way? Because uh-huh. I'm very, very skeptical. We're gonna have to ask Mark Savell, man. Yeah. He's the Rolex owner. Is and it? now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Here, I'm gonna give you four games from tonight and this weekend to choose from. You can pick the one that you are most confident about. Wow. Okay. Boston Celtics are minus three favorites on the road in game three against the Sixers. Phoenix Suns minus four favorites in game three at home against Denver. Miami minus four at home against the Knicks this weekend. The Lakers are minus three and a half favorites at home against the Warriors. Yeah. Give me the, uh, give me the, the Boston. um, You like Boston minus three on the road. I like that in game three. I keep picking Boston. You know, <laughs> this, it's this funny. Is, all the Bet River yeah. segments are me picking Boston, but yeah, I genuinely believe green. I, I genuinely believe that they are, are going to be able to overcome the Sixers. I think they've given the Sixers a ton of problems. I also think that Joel, you know, coming back, it, it's not like he's he's disrupting the flow, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when he's not a hundred percent, I do think that you know this is a chance for the Celtics to sort of streak ahead. Um, I think they have a good game plan against uh, Philadelphia over the years. I think. Game one was definitely a surprise in terms of James Harden going off like that, but I'm pretty confident in the Celtics winning this series, and I'm pretty confident that they'll take... I mean, minus three, I mean, yeah, I think they could win a close game in, in Philadelphia. Okay, I'm going to go with Miami minus four at home. You know, I think they're... You saw Jimmy Butler was shooting like 40-foot shots too, by the way, right? So they're expected to get Jimmy back um, for the Man. game. What and... kind of medicine is allowing these players to come back from <laughs> month-long injuries in two days? Ni hao. <laughs> ginseng? Um, I no. hope so. Uh, ginseng would... <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, is this why I've never healed from a single injury? Um, James Singh works on everything. Miami minus four, and you know that you know that home crowd's gonna be rocking. Is <laughs> that it? half a home crowd? Who cares? Man? They'll be singing Seven Nation Army at the end. Yeah, wh- why don't we adopt Seven Nation Army as, as a song that everyone wants to sing? Like, uh, I don't know, but uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Shouts again to the YouTube listeners for this season. Yeah, we'll miss really you. appreciate you. Yeah, Kipper and Bourne coming up. That's right. We got Sam McKee T- in the main chair today. Team of Destiny just wants to make a cool comeback again. So, anyway, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Balloon. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sports Night Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please, please, please review the show. Uh, thanks once again to producer and co host Alex Wong, our board producer Derek Brandale, and Jennifer Rolnick for helping with the YouTube stream. Please, please win games three and four. I'm, I'm desperate.